Hello and welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know and very little that you need to know. I am Marco Zempa. And I am Brady Steffel. All right, Brady, we're supposed to get snow, so gosh, <laughs> yeehaw, woo. Oh, I'm not in it at all. I'm just My like, God. yeah, I'm I so bummed I... about it. I'm like, oh, got that fruit trees blooming and. Yeah, well, that's done. You're not going to yeah, get fruit it's this year. done. It is totally done. Well, yeah, we... and we have an apricot tree. It's once every six years and you always hope you're always like, oh, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's. Oh, man. No. My my mom's dad uh, had a had an apricot tree, and I didn't see one one piece of fruit come off of that thing the entirety of the time that well all of my youth I never saw Grandpa have a, one single apricot coming off of that yeah. tree. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't have much youth left, so you know I you know it's once every six years that really doesn't give me much harvest to the end of my <laughs> life. So. <laughs> Eric's got one foot in the grave, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to the show of delight and cheer. <laughs> everybody, right. tuning in for the happy time uh, fun right. show. No, it is weird. Um, let's see, Snow. We actually have special guests. You know, we have to increase our ratings. So Phil yeah. uh, Greenwald from uh, the city of Longmont. All Whenever things traffic bump. is going yeah. to be joining us. So Traffic we, talk. Yeah, exactly. Longmont traffic talk. But, yeah, the snow, um, though. Yeah, what are we going to yeah, get? Go it's going to be like two, two to 12 inches. I don't even know. We'll probably get like three that'll melt tomorrow but no we have a winter storm warning it's like I six know. to eight it's crazy God. No. no no thank no. you uh yeah, no yeah so that's going on and i am looking outside and the wind's been blowing and it's cold so i got all my trash taken out you know it's like i'm not going out in this this is fine the dogs can go out to do their do their yeah. dogly duty uh but i'm <laughs> gonna stay in the house firmly ensconced i got my flannel shirt on today eric can see it i don't usually dress oh, like nice. a lumberjack nice. yeah he's looking very lumberjacking yeah yeah lumberjacking yeah. Lumberjackin. Sounds, yeah. Not really sure what the correct term would be. Lumberjackian. That sounds wrong. Too. I don't yeah. know. So yeah. hey, the Longmont High School drumline wins the state title. Isn't that amazing? Cool. That's huh? pretty cool. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Uh yeah. guys and guys and gals, I guess. I don't know how drumlines work. I've never been on a drumline. What do yeah. I know? Uh yeah, Longmont High School's winter percussion drumline won the state championship last week. Also ranking in the top 15 nationwide to the Winter Guard International World Championships. Thank you to the Daily Camera. Uh, cool, right? I mean, good on them. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, aren't they so? Aren't they off to like a national thing now? Is that correct? Um, I am not conversant in drumline, so anybody yeah, who's like a drumline say, aficionado can reach out to me and tell me. It's I didn't know that. I was just gonna say I didn't know that. You know, we got the STEM center or whatever. There's a the the, the the the. I'm just gonna keep doing this. Just I'm science, gonna, technology, and engineering, yeah. and math. That's yeah. we got a nice center for that, but we can also bang a gong, right? That's true. It, it's pretty amazing. I mean, yeah. music and. You know, and some people call it steam. So the arts, yeah. they put their A in there for arts. I love how that was shoehorned in. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, we just stuff it in here. It reminds me, I've said this before, and it reminds me of um, back when I lived in Kansas, the, we'd get, I'd get yelled at while I was biking on these massive roads, right? It's like four lanes wide. There's so much space. Oh, and yeah. they'd call me, they'd, they'd have slurs that they'd yell out the window at me about, you know, using the, the, the bicycle. And uh, all over town, all over town, they had these signs that said, bicycle friendly community <laughs> people were yelling at you the whole time so and it saying? was like it's like no it's not you put the signs up saying oh no it's it's great here it's great for bicycles it's, it's great and that's it's a bit the same thing it's like ah, i just just shove the a in the stem and uh it's, we it's love steep. the arts yeah yeah it's, you don't want to exclude anybody and I don't, no. maybe longmont does more than most places that's, that's you know because we've always got this going on with the drumline awesome 
awesome possum. But yeah. uh, at the end of the day, uh, a lot of times it's just lip service. Hey, and pretty exciting news too. We'll we'll get to our guests. I see that Phil's joined us here, but we'll get to him in just a second. But pretty exciting news that I heard today that fifty percent of adults are vaccinated. Fifty. Fifty percent. Yeah. Amazing. Oh. Yeah. I saw amazing. what I saw was that forty-two, forty-four percent is up to one one shot. That's what I had seen. Yep. But either way, we're making real strong headway. No, I it's am, really cool. It's exciting. I am so, jazzed. Jazz, yeah. jazz hands. It is. It's pretty exciting. Jazz hands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's uh, have our guests join in. It looks like Phil's there. So, Phil, you with us? Yes, sir, I am. Hey, Phil, hey. it's good to see you. Look at, he's got the maps and everything. That's what he does <laughs> nice. all the time. Phil Greenwald joining us from the city of Longmont. And I said to Brady, we need to have a boost in our rating. So we really want yeah. to double them. So we've got four listeners. We're really trying to strive to eight. So, you know, Get with you there. on, we know that that's that's. I'll call happen. my family, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, I Phil, can. for some of us who don't know who you are, some of our listeners who don't know who you are, can you tell us, your 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 duties and responsibilities at the city of Longmont. Sure, my name is Phil Greenwald. I'm the transportation planning manager with the city of Longmont. And that basically means we do the kind of the longer range pieces of planning. We don't really do the signals and 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 the actual construction of streets or the or the maintenance of streets, but we do a lot of work with more of the longer range aspects of transportation within the city. So when people feel like there's too much traffic on the roads and, and those kind of things. Those are the things we do plan to, uh, we do we do consider those when we take into account all the different developments that come into town and and make sure that the, the maps on the wall, wall behind me reflect some of that in the land use decisions and those land use decisions affect the roads. So that's basically in a nutshell what I do. And I won't mention that we also talk about trains and, oh, and yeah. the long-term pieces as well. So. Hot topic. <laughs> That's getting exciting though now. So we're, we're more excited about those than than we were maybe uh, five years ago. Yeah, I'd be so, interested to. I mean, let's not. Let's not yeah, get too you can't. Political. You can't leave us. You can't leave us there. You can't leave us hanging. So what? <laughs> well, what do you I, think? I why? Sure what is it? Cover, cover what you guys are excited to talk about. So, oh, well, I'm I was just, gonna, uh, infrastructure all the way around, man. I love it. I love hearing yeah. about this stuff. I think it's great. But trains, yeah, there's been buzz because of the. I guess because of the infrastructure bill. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it, uh, Brady. The infrastructure bill has $80 million or $80 billion, excuse me. <laughs> I, I got to get all my zeros correct here, but um, $80 billion going to Amtrak. And so half of that's going to go to the Northeast Corridor in the Northeast United States. There, there's a lot of work that needs to be done there, and there's a lot of ridership that happens there. But uh, um, the other piece of it is that $16 million is going to go out to the national network and really try to build on the new on new connections. And one of those connections is Fort Collins through Longmont, Boulder, Denver, down to Colorado Springs and Pueblo. Wow. So that's actually on a map. We're pretty excited about it. Cool. So what does that look like? When I've heard it it's sort of speculative, is that Fort Collins, Long I-25, is there some progress in 287? Like where logistically, what are we, what are we so, thinking? Yeah, the exciting thing about Amtrak is that they have trackage rights for all the railroads in, in the country. Um, so BNSF, you know, back in the day used to, well, the Burlington Northern and the Atchison, Topeka and Santa Fe railroads used to he's carry. Gonna, he's going to break out the song, but go yeah. ahead. <laughs> I'm going to have a stroke <laughs> trying to keep up. Those, those railroads obviously used to carry passengers and so did the uh, Union Pacific and all the other railroads too. They all carried passengers until, you know, uh, 
interstate system was built and a lot of people got into their cars and, and used that instead. And then the, you know, the um, air system or the air travel system uh, really got going. The, the network of air travel in, in America really started increasing. And so not as many people took trains across the country anymore. So they gave all that to Amtrak. And Amtrak has rights then for all the railroads then to use their railroads. So they would use the what's now the BNSF railroad line from Fort Collins. It goes right through the middle of Fort Collins. Um, they would obviously have the passenger service be on the south end of town, uh, go through Loveland, uh, basically Longmont, Boulder, and then down to uh, Denver. They're, now, it's not the same as the Northwest Rail, so it's, we, we can't confuse it with RTD's system of rail, but it should be said that they, uh, you know, would be complementary to that and would help us get rail here, what we think, sooner. So real quickly, Phil, is this, um, and, and Brady and I have talked about this many times, we just think the world is so much more ahead of us as far as rail and high-speed rail. And I'm guessing this is not high-speed rail. This would be, because when you say Amtrak, I'm not like, I'm like, woo, you know, and I just think, <laughs> wow, constant delays and and kind of a, a crappy system, but you know, <laughs> you, Eric here with the hard sales pitch. I oh, am. I am. Got? Bad. So well, I think I think when people on the Northeast corridor talk about it, they talk about it a little bit more positive uh, because there is the Acela service, which is the higher speed rail, and and it does get up over 100 miles per hour, which is mm. nice. It's not it's not nearly high speed rail like you think of in Europe or Japan or even China, but it is something that is much faster than our you know, 60, 70 mile per hour trains that do get stopped by freight. Yeah. So freight, freight does take precedence in this part of the country. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're excited about this. We would have to, there would be some consideration to work with the freight company or the freight uh, piece of Burlington Northern or BNSF, I should say. And so that would have to be taken into consideration. But uh, we're getting, it's, it's a little bit more positive, more optimistic than it's been in the, in the, like I said, the last five, 10 years. There's conversations oh, say, yeah. that come up online yeah. and it's uh, rarely positive. I'll tell you that. Yeah. A lot yeah. of grousing. Yeah, yeah, we are working with RTD as well to, to figure out how to get some, what we're calling peak rail service. So that would be in addition to whatever happens with Amtrak. We were trying to get some service that was really meant to be part of that fast track system that would start in Longmont, go through Boulder, and then that would actually touch Louisville Broomfield and Westminster, and then head into Denver. So those are the kind of the missing stations with the Amtrak. Well, and I'm really actually, you know, to be honest, I'm really excited about anything that kind of entails rail and kind of making it more efficient. And to me that that's exciting, you know, kind you of, you know, back. can I just, yeah, I was so interject. I just, you know, no, I've been touting Tudor Monastery Farm recently. <laughs> yes, I know. I love it. Phil, yeah. Phil if you've never seen uh, there's a show called Tudor Monastery Farm. You should watch it. They also made another uh, another thing called Full Steam Ahead. That was the the the, the implementation of rail throughout Britain, and it was a really a pretty fascinating watch. And they talked about how difficult it is to to serve some of the the lower density areas. And I thought, you know, now that we've sort of got this burgeoning piece, it makes me kind of think back to that. Like, oh hey, you know, it is hard to do it in the states because there's only so much, so many people living in a certain area makes it hard to get the throughput on the system to make it valuable or, you know, worthwhile. But then if we've got these different pieces that can link so many people, uh, it could actually be worthwhile. So it's pretty cool. So if you're, if you're interested in rail, there's another, there's another weekly oh, watch, watch thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, well, we, we I'll actually, watch, nothing. we appreciate the uh, rail segue, but we're going to go back to some of the things we wanted to talk to you about too. And, yeah. 
And regarding the planning, um, you know, one of the things we talk about is congestion mm-hmm. on like Ken Pratt and Main Street and that intersection specifically. And then as you can kind of visualize like from from that intersection going north, you know, or south even, but generally north and just how congested it gets. And, you know, just planning for that. I'm guessing that there's got to be uh, plans going into the works as far as like how to deal with the congestion. It's in some ways it's good to get people through downtown, but in the secondly, it's kind of aggravating for, for some to right. kind of get through those intersections. Overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we definitely hear about that. So yeah. um, I'll bet you do. <laughs> there's a couple of things going on. Yeah. There's a couple of <laughs> things going on. All right. Um, but you know, most of it relates to um, this idea of bus rapid transit. And so mm-hmm. that's really where we're putting a lot of, this whole region is actually putting a lot of eggs into that basket of bus rapid transit is kind of that key. And it really does depend on people. You, you mentioned earlier the, vac- the vaccines and the vaccination attempts and, and trying to get people out of this pandemic. And so uh, obviously people right now are not trusting transit as being a safe place to be, though evidently people are getting on airplanes more than ever now. Mm-hmm. So um, people will do that, but they won't get on a bus. So what we're really what we're really striving for, and we're doing a lot of work at various levels within the city and then within this region and which within within the state, quite frankly, is to start pushing that bus rapid transit piece. And I, and I think you'll see a lot in the next three to five years of our efforts kind of being realized. And uh, a lot of that has to do with setting up a transit hub at first and main. I mean, it's really going to be more like first and Kaufman, but first and main. And uh, we've been working with, and I think you've seen some of this as well, but there's been some meetings on the US-287 bus rapid transit portion. So they're working on, the, the county is working on a feasibility study for bus rapid transit up and down 287. I don't think there's going to be not much infrastructure needed for that because it, it runs pretty well until it gets into Longmont. Um, and when it gets into Broomfield and Lafayette, that's kind of where the congestion is on that end. And then, of course, 119 is a big piece that's moving pretty is moving pretty well for, through the system. And so um, that includes the Kaufman Street project. It doesn't sound right because it's not, you know, it's 119 and it's 287. And and now we're talking Kaufman Street, but Kaufman Street is really a big piece of that for the city to move that, to put the buses on that corridor and really take them off Main Street so that they're not impacting the Main Street as much or 287 as much. So- so to to think this through, if we're talking about a transit center on Kaufman and First, um, which which where would it be in that area? Because there's the Cheese and Porters right there, and then right there behind the Cheese and Porters, or across the street on the other side of Kaufman, further to the west, on the south side of the street, or it'd actually be on the south side of First Avenue. Okay. So think of, and it would also front on Main Street, so it would be First and Main, okay. or in that block somewhere. We don't know where yet. We're still kind of working that those issues through, but um, so there's and there's businesses there, so that would involve sort of shifting them along. Well, it's probably you know quite frankly, it's out going out and, and working with them on um, actually purchasing their property. Okay. So there's going to be certain properties where we have to go out and, and negotiate price and figure out uh, if, if we can go out and, and buy certain properties. So, yeah. And what, and Phil, what do you define as bus rapid transit? Like what, what does that term mean? Like the bus go a certain speed or 
or what defines that, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, there's a thing. That's a great question because there's a lot of things that do define bus rapid transit. I mean, one of them is um, uh, not having to not having to pay as you board, already having that payment in your hand and just being able to get right on board and, and having multiple, what, what we really try to liken it to is almost like think of a subway mm-hmm. or, a, or a rail station where you've already made your payment and you get into an area where you can then kind of wait for that, that transit to show up and then you just get on. So it doesn't have to dwell and wait for you to pay and mm-hmm. show your pass or do those other things. Um, it, it is also competitive, highly competitive with the automobile. So when people say, I'm not going to take the bus to Boulder because it takes me two to three times longer than right. driving, then we have, we need to make sure that this bus rapid transit is more competitive than with, with, uh, with driving alone or driving, uh, you know, along the diagonal. So we are trying to do that, uh, make it more competitive with speed, uh, with reliability, uh, make it happen, make it come more often. So it would be instead of every hour, it would be like every 15 minutes. That'd be awesome. So we're yeah. working with RTD yeah. on that as well. And, and so they're, they're, they're working through some of these issues with us too. To, and with that many buses coming downtown, you can kind of see why we want Kaufman Street to be the reliever. So all this bus traffic can kind of happen over in that corridor. Uh, along with the, we're going to keep the, the, the regular traffic that's there today. It's very light, quite frankly, today. But we will take that bus traffic off of Main Street and help the congestion that you're talking about. Yeah. And quite frankly, we're, we're kind of talking about congestion is almost a good thing these days. I hate to say that to you guys, because I know yeah, it's, yeah, frustrating, yeah. it's frustrating to get caught in traffic, but um, to slow people down, um, especially in the main street corridor uh, really is, a, is, is, is frankly safer for, for what we're looking for. And it also helps the businesses along the corridor kind of get noticed. So there's a couple yeah. of factors there that. Well, I suppose uh, that there's a, like a, individual motivator too if somebody's saying i'm just going to be sitting you know gas break gas break gas break i could just get on the bus and let somebody else deal with this nonsense and they're going to take a different route that's faster bypass a lot of this junk anyway so well that's 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 it too i mean what people do is when they're stuck in traffic they think about okay is there a different route i can take is there a different mode i can take or is there a different time of day that i can travel Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what we're looking for to ease the congestion is to um help people make those decisions easier by, you know, mm-hmm. cho- choosing a different mode or different, maybe a t- different time of day. If we can do some teleworking, you know, teleworking's really taken off obviously in the last year. Yeah. So people are, I think are learning about flexible schedules and how to make this work. But um, quite frankly, there's still a lot of people uh, who don't, again, don't trust transit and it's, it's proven to be not, you know, it's proven to be very reliable in the COVID world, especially is that, there have been no outbreaks re- reported on transit lines or transit mm. buses. Yeah. But people don't trust them still. And so we're driving a lot more by ourselves, uh, kind of all during the whole, all during the day. It's not just rush hour anymore. It's like people seem to be driving all, yeah. well, at all times now. <laughs> right. At, at, at this point, you go, I can work from home a bunch. I maybe have to go to the office once in a while or I go buy groceries, but I don't have to buy groceries on my way home. I don't have to be at the office at nine. There's just going to be a meeting at 1030 or whatever. And so you go, oh, we're just going to plan it. And I've noticed just various times of the day, it does feel like traffic on Maine feels heavier. I don't know if that's just me being out and driving around pointlessly these days because I need something to do. <laughs> uh, you know, well, I mean, I've been, how many times can I stare around pointlessly? <laughs> uh, you know, but I don't know. It does feel heavier. 
Uh, so, I'm uh, go ahead, Brady. Yeah, so there was talk the last time you were on about possibly opening up the Boston Avenue corridor and then um, maybe extending Kaufman Street. Are those things realities or are those sort of not going to happen? Uh, we are definitely moving forward on extending Kaufman Street down to Boston. So that's okay. a that's part of this. That makes the that helps make the whole bus rapid transit thing work for mm-hmm. that portion of town. Um, and that in, that includes a new signal at Boston and Main Street. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we you know some people love signals, some people don't. <laughs> Most people I'm just don't. kidding. I'm yeah. just kidding. Um, but also the extension of Boston then west and across the railroad tracks is a okay. is a key component. But we're really that takes another level of bureaucracy because we do have to work with the um, the Public Utility Commission, the PUC, to, to get that permission to make that crossing of the railroad track. And we've been working with um, BNSF to close some crossings with the quiet zones so that we can open one crossing mm-hmm. at Boston. So there's everything's kind of interrelated and all kind of working together here, but uh, yeah. there's a lot of different things in motion for that to happen. So and then what's the timescale on that potentially, like the Kaufman extension and the Boston extension and this transit hub? So the, we're hoping to do Boston connection first, actually. So we're hoping to really get with the PUC this year, okay. probably middle of this year, hopefully summer, and then work that connection. Once once we get the okay, we're crossing our fingers. Once we get the okay for that, uh, we, we'd like to move forward and, uh, and start that uh, or finish off the design. We're really close on the design and then get the construction going on that. So wow. those are the two things that need to happen there. Uh, and that again, that PUC is a giant issue there, but the uh, Kaufman street is probably more like starting in 2023 okay. open in 2024 kind of time frame, And that's the same kind of timing with the uh, first and main bus station, which will quite frankly look a lot like the Boulder station in downtown Boulder with oh, kind nice. of, yeah. you know, the buses on the main yep. level. Yep. And then parking above, and then it'll be mm-hmm. wrapped with uh, with some, hopefully, some interesting uh, different stores and shops, and and uh, maybe some residential as well. Very cool. Wow, interesting. So, what? Um, how has the reception been for the the Kaufman project? Can you kind of give us some detail on that? Yeah, we haven't really done a lot of uh, really formal outreach yet. That's coming in the next okay. couple of months, and so we're excited yeah. to kind of get that going and and talk with folks and see how they feel about this. Uh, the initial reception, we went out a, uh, right before the pandemic, actually, in December 2019, we went out. And I think the reaction was, hey, don't mess with the character of that street. You know, there's some really cool trees. There's a, you know, it's, it's a nice business corridor. Please don't mess with the character of that street. Yeah. And we've been trying to take that into account when we're doing the design work. And that's, we're, we're, we're kind of working toward that, uh, that level of design where we can start to take options out to the public and say, well, here's an option with a lot more trees and here's some option with more parking along the, on the street, on, on street parking. But we're still trying to meet the intent of it's got to meet, it's got to have a bus way. That's got to have a separated bicycle way uh, attached to it as well. As long, uh, and we're trying to keep some of the parking available and as many trees as we can on that corridor. So there's a lot of asks. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> when I, I mean, our friends come visit, and they they walk around the neighborhood. They see they they love the trees as much as anybody. I mean, I love the trees too. So I think that there is definitely a part of Main Street that's just this beautiful place to go and be. And being mindful of that um, is amazing. I think that that's great because I've definitely been to cities where it's like, nope, we're gonna slap this concrete box here, <clears throat> turkey plant, 
<laughs> um, you know, and you don't want that. You want a, a place that you want to live and you want to be, and you want to, you know, people feel invited to go down there. So I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. And Coffin will compliment that because, um, yeah, it should be a great new corridor and should be inviting to business, you know, for the business, for people visiting those businesses as well. So it's really kind of being, we're hoping for an extension of the main street feel mm. over to Kaufman street as well. So, yeah, I think the, you know, I think aligning parking, realigning parking over there could be really a nice help because I think some of that head in parking around Wells Fargo and stuff is kind of weird and awkward and kind of bizarre, but, but yeah, I, I think, I can certainly see, I, I love the vision. I mean, when you, when we saw the diagrams and stuff, it looks really cool. So, and, but you've given away my secret. I mean, that's my way to get around main street is right. Kaufman. So, you know, uh, we can't, we can't let that out too much because then it becomes congested, but it's uh, going to blow yeah. your whole world up. Jose. That is, it be is terrible. It's crazy. I wanted to get back to one thing, Phil is, is, are you at all concerned about, and I don't know, I'm sure you look at data and national trends and such, and just wondering about how, you know, office working and virtual office will really impact the need, maybe, or desire for transit. Is there any sort of studies that are showing anything that, as far as ridership or or participation in in mass transit as a result of maybe people realizing they could work at home? I'm just curious to know. Yeah, I think I think we will see, and we have seen a shift from the typical eight to five commuter, and so that has shifted. So yeah, we do need to. We, we have been talking about that and considering that with all the national trends that are going on out there, and if there will be a return to the office in the future, you know, to the same extent that we had it before the pandemic. And I don't right. think I think that's changed forever. I think we'll we'll definitely yeah. see a move. Yeah, I mean, everything that I've heard right now is that people from well. People from New York and you know the West Coast are moving here, but then people who are sick of being here are saying, "I can move to Montana, and I can I can keep my my Google job or my whatever job and get paid boatloads of money and go actually buy a house. I can actually yeah. afford the house on my two hundred thousand dollars salary or whatever." So um, yeah, I think that there's something in it. I think that there will be pushback from people. So time to yeah. tell, or time will tell. But, but, what what's other, really? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say what what to me. I'm sorry, Phil, and there's a question here too as well. It's just, I think you know what you're saying about trends and stuff. I'm I'm guessing that, like you said, ridership has changed. The work day has maybe changed a little bit. In some ways, the appeal to me in mass transit, just like it is in like the East Coast or wherever else, where you have a subway system that works really well, is this a notion that I can go down to Denver. And I can do it quick and I don't have to take my car or I can go to Boulder for a night out and I don't have to worry about driving home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can just get on a really convenient system. And so well, that's outside of that work hour yeah. that I'm talking about. So, well, the other piece, the kind of the other piece to that conversation is we still have a large number of essential workers who need to get to jobs at different times of the day. So it's not the typical eight to five always. It's, yeah. it's kind of outside those hours. So we need to start that's where transit's really kind of taken that shift is how do we get people to these jobs that, that really need transit in order to get to where they're going? Mm -hmm. And then maybe it's not just jobs, but it's also, you know, appointments or shopping or those kind of things. And so just trying to make transit more convenient, both, both, you know, we've already taken away the price factor in Longmont by kind of making the four bus routes that we have in town that serve local, uh, making them fare free. So, We've seen that that really that turned out to be the most robust um, and most active transit system in Boulder County, quite frankly, with with people not going to see you 
Boulder because the, the classes were turned off or, you know, or, or canceled or, or online. And then the idea that people weren't going to work in Boulder and, and different parts of Boulder County, we really saw that the Longmont system was still carrying pretty much the load that it, you know, the higher mm -hmm. load. And it was really became more of the, one of the more productive routes. Well, and Sue, that's a great asset in the pandemic when people are laid off and like, okay, I still have to go buy groceries or I still have to make it to these other things. And this is free. Right. So that, that is got to help. People, people actually noticed that and took advantage of it, which is wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, and if we can, we got a, just a couple minutes, we got to get you out here real quick and we've gone over, I know that, but anything you can <laughs> tell us about County Line Road and any sort of long range plans over there, it looks like it's kind of evolving to four lanes and I don't know if it's, if that's true or not, but it just seems like it's kind of evolving to that. So, well, we're really evolving that, I guess, to a three lane section. Ah, okay. So, so um, two through lanes of traffic, one in each direction, obviously, and then a middle center turn lane uh, just for safety. Yeah. And then instead of, instead of adding another lane right now, we're, we're adding bike bicycle lanes uh, for the for that section, so we're going to make we're, we're trying to make bicycling safer, yeah. more reliable, and less stressful in that corridor. So you have the side path that's along the west side there. Uh, we just finished that Spring Gulch uh, underpass, mm -hmm. just north of yeah, just north, and that's been a, that is fantastic. That's that fantastic. It's yeah. awesome. So yeah, yeah. people really have flocked to that facility and using it well. And it goes underneath. There's an underpass underneath County Line, which is very helpful, and then. Up to 17th, we'll, we'll have that done uh, pretty soon here, it sounds like. So uh, that's exciting. And then we're working. We just uh, kind of fell into a grant opportunity to do the design work for 17th to 66 now as well. So oh, cool. uh, that'll nice. be the next piece. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, it's kind of exciting for me anyway. <laughs> well, actually, that's what Brady and I talk about, all, this, all the exciting oh. things going on in Longmont. And it's been pretty amazing to see all of the developments, the changes, and and we just want to compliment you on on just your uh, the vision over the city of Longmont. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's the whole team. You know, it's the we all kind of work together on this. It's great to work with uh, different team members we have. And I think in the next again three to five years, you're going to see a lot of hopefully positive change. But it's going to be a lot of change. So uh, yeah, hopefully yeah. people are ready for that. Well, yeah. if we if we want to be if we want everything to remain the same, we'll just move to you know that branch in Montana that Brady talks about. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nothing ever changes. <laughs> That's right. Hey, well, Phil, thanks so much for joining us and taking a, a, a bit out of your busy day to, to enlighten our listeners. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks, really right. being on. You take yeah, care. Love, it. love hearing you. All right. Well, that was Phil Greenwald from the city of Longmont. And, you know, it is it is really fascinating to see what's going to happen with mm -hmm. the city. And, you know, and I, I actually do compliment the fact that they're, you know, they're accentuating the bike lanes. I mean, you know, I looked at like county line and i noticed that they have a bike path now and it's pretty yeah. cool i mean that'd be amazing so yeah i mean there's <clears throat> there's a lot of work to be done with bike paths in town um there's a lot of work to be just done with um making sure that we have a sort of a sane way to get around town yeah we talk a lot about about growth and sort of without regard to traffic and you know impact to people's lives and income disparities and all these different things longmont does spend time thinking about that which i think is good um, I did see a thing recently that median home price for one of the recent months was almost eight hundred thousand dollars in town. Yeah, yeah. Seven ninety nine, uh, and it's just because everything is selling way overpriced and there's nothing in the market. 
uh, as far as I can tell. But there's there's a lot of stuff in this when you're building these new units on Main Street, when you're building more apartments, more homes, you got more people. Yeah, it's going to be cool because we'll have more amenities and we'll have, but the work to preserve the trees and to, to make it like a nice, welcome, environmentally thoughtful space oh, yeah, to absolutely. be is, that's, to me, that makes it great. Where I can go, I can go to somewhere in Kansas and drive through endless sprawl. You know, you can go, there are places you can go and still buy. No, but if you go to a town in Kansas or. When you, you said know, sprawl, I was like thinking of gnarled traffic. But anyway, go ahead. No, more <laughs> more the strip mall here, strip mall there, strip mall here, strip yeah. mall there. And it's yeah. just kind of samey, 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 samey. Yeah. Just, you know, as far as you get out and you can just keep building out and they do keep building out. And then you build large homes uh, for them further out. But to move to these models that I've seen in Europe where you have more dense, um, yep. you know, and like in the U.S. too. Let's let's yeah. be honest. But we're not going out anymore. There is green space out that we could in theory, you know, buy back and use, but that's, that's preserved. And so we're, we're going to a, a density focused model. Um, but being mindful that you want, but to, I think want to be there. Yeah. And I think transportation plays a huge role in that. So if you can, mm-hmm. you, you know, as I like, if I can get to, if I could get somewhere across the United States or whatever, and I had to live maybe a little outside of the the main area, but I had this really cool mm-hmm. community that I could live in, but I could also get somewhere where I work in 20 minutes or 10 yeah. minutes. I mean, that'd be amazing. And that was for us when yeah. we lived in Germany and granted we lived outside of Munich. So it was yeah. a very dense area, but we lived out in the burbs uh, in a little town called Garching and we could get onto U-Bahn, the train, and then take it in. You could be into downtown Munich in you know, virtually no time. And it's clean and safe and fast. Um, it was great. It was really, really great. But not a lot of centers in the States have the population density to say, we're going to yeah. drill holes underground now to, yeah. to put trains in, uh, which I'd love. You know, it'd be awesome if they had a, an underground system that ran between here and Denver or part of it was underground. But it's not going to happen. Not anytime no, soon. No, <clears throat> that's for sure. I, as I understand it, I'm not a soil geologist, but that can't happen in Colorado. But, you know, anyway. Oh, all right. Um, anything else to add to the good of the cause? Uh, you know, we've been <laughs> waffling along for a while. We have. Oh, I will say, um, if you see some giant helicopters over West Longmont, apparently they're over there doing firefight train, firefighting training. Oh. So there's okay. a guy on the subreddit who's like, anyone else see that giant helicopter over West Longmont? And I hadn't, but I thought that was an interesting question. And apparently they're doing lots of heli traffic uh, this week due to due to training. And <clears throat> you can't blame them, right? Yeah, I guess I not. Mean, it's got to be a good uh, thing, right? Got to do Well, training. yeah, I mean, yeah, we we, we, we want to be ready. Um, we don't want to have to be ready, but we, we want to be ready. Now, so. absolutely. So, and then also wanted to, uh, looks like we got a lot of stores are reopening. So it's really cool. It was nice to go into Brown shoe store, uh, this oh, weekend yeah. and, and just see it just crazy busy. So mm-hmm. it's a really good thing. So I'm, excited. and you said tangerine was opening back up. Yeah. It looks yep. like the end of the month. So, okay. Yeah. Cause we drove by and I was like, that's going to open soon. And Kelsey's <laughs> like, I thought they closed. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I can't remember any of the details. <laughs> no, uh, it, it looked like there was a new sign on the the wall. We, we actually went to Janie's too, which was kind of yep. fun. So it's always cool. And then, um, yeah, so I think Tangerine had a sign that said either the end of the month or beginning of next month. So something okay. of that sort. Yeah. Nice. Pretty cool. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, but it's nice to see reopening. It's nice to see people out and about. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. And I'll say, really- um, interesting time where we were last year that's for sure yeah and tomorrow this isn't probably going to be helpful but tomorrow they're doing a vaccine clinic at the fairgrounds in town 
Nice. Yeah, Fantastic. and I just saw that listed again on the subreddit. Shout out to those guys. Uh, and they've got slots open. You sign up, you go get it. And it's like we're at the point where we're doing that in a town like Longmont. So we're we're really pushing through this. It's great. Awesome. Go get your shot if you haven't. That's right. All right. Want to thank uh, Andy Epler for our intro music as always. Uh, let's see. You can find us on Amazon Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go and rate us if you like the show. Rate us. Reach out to us at sidedishlongmont at gmail.com. Send us your music, too, as well. You can always do that. Thanks, Brady. Thanks, Eric. <laughs>